Hello and welcome to Film School for Dad, the podcast where Dad and I attempt to compensate for his lifetime squandered on serious pursuits and altruistic activities while somehow ignoring pretty much all of popular culture. I'm Harvey. Oh, and I'm Dad. So give us the movie title, Dad. What are we watching? Well, you've advised me that it's called The Truman Show. That's correct. Let's do some intro music. Do you want to just hum it? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. No, no, I don't think so. The Truman Show is a 1998 film starring Jim Carrey who you should remember from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And, Certainly no Jim Carrey. Uh, Ed Harris, Laura Linney, and it was directed by Peter Weir. Have you heard of Peter Weir? Certainly have. That's good to know because he's an Aussie, and I thought mm-hmm. if you didn't know him, then uh, you've missed a battler, haven't you? Well, no, I haven't missed him. <laughs> good, good. Mm-hmm. So this, to me, is an important film because it shone a light on a topic that has been getting more and more relevant as time's gone on, but it does so in a a very fresh and a kind of uh, non-preachy way, I suppose. So it doesn't feel like it's full of message, although by the end of it, you can't help but be thinking about it. It features a fantastic performance by Jim Carrey, which even though you've only seen good performances by Jim Carrey, it was actually quite a rare thing. He's a comedic actor. He doesn't usually do serious roles and this was a perfect one for him because it mixes the comedy and the serious dramatic acting and he won the golden globe for his acting but was famously snubbed by the oscars that year didn't even get a nomination so Uh you win one you don't get the nomination in the other it was always a little bit strange and he beat tom hanks in saving private ryan to get that golden globe so it did win a bunch of other awards not so much in the oscars but for some reason the Oscars didn't like this film. Um, But it won for its screenplay, production design, supporting cast, and you'll like this bit. Uh, It won a few for its musical score. I'm not planning to try and uh, explain, you know, kind of what I like about this movie or why it's important to me in advance. I don't want to spoil it for a start. But you haven't even described the subject matter. I don't know if I can. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can. You're going to watch it anyway, so I don't need to sell it to you. Okay. <laughs> but um, I think it'll be pretty obvious by the time we get to the end credits why I like it. So maybe I thought we could switch it up a bit and on the other side of watching the movie, you can tell me why you think I liked it. Because I think you're starting to get an understanding of my taste by now. Oh, I've got that. Yeah, might be kind of interesting. I know I've hit you with a few intellectual films like serious, weird art house stuff. This is not that, although is a thoughtful film and it does kind of have an intellectual premise. It's just a much easier watch than anything else that we've had up that, you know, pie or whatever. Mm. Um, hopefully uh, you'll find it enjoyable. Yeah, it's, a Holly, it's a Hollywood film. It's not an Australian exactly. film. It's a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's intended right. to be that way, but it's a, it's a thoughtful blockbuster. And I think it can be enjoyed as a parable or as a, a kind of a modern Greek tragedy or some kind of intellectual thought exercise. It's kind of, you can enjoy it on so many no. levels, or, or just a serious dramatic film. 
you know. Okay. That covers a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and it's all those things. You'll, you'll see when you <laughs> – that's why I'm so keen to watch this one because you can say so much about it. I was just writing the intro. I was like, you can say all this about it and it's all true. But it, it does have a bit of a, um unbelievable – central idea which you'll need to accept before you can enjoy the rest of the film so i would advise you to to try and get through that pretty quickly but the movie does help you do it it's it, it moves on pretty quickly from its central premise it reveals itself quite fast oh that's um it's a bit of a barrier it can be i know that's what i'm saying but mm -hmm. i think this one's a lot easier to get past so we'll see how you go and the other thing about it is i reckon you'll be more incentivized to go with the film because the themes that it covers are right up your alley, I think, at this point in time. And it's something that I've been learning about you in the last few years, that these things are important to you. So I think you'll, you'll want to go with it. While I was researching this one on IMDb, I came across an article uh, that was an interview with Jim Carrey where they were talking about remakes and so on. And he said, out of all the films that he's ever done, the Truman Show is the one that he would like to remake in a modern setting. Okay. So we may be getting some kind of a sequel or a remake or something because it, you know, as far as I know, it did well. I mean, obviously it was critically acclaimed, but I think it did well at the box office as well. So mm. um, he said it'd be interesting because, you know, in the in, with modern social technology and so on, it would change a lot of how the story plays out. I think he's right, actually. It might might be pretty interesting. So how do you know Peter Weir? I should say, how do you know of Peter Weir? Not personally, obviously. Uh, he's made a number of films of Australian films. Did he make Picnic at Hanging, he Hanging did. Rock? Wow, what a score. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, he yeah. made Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah. And I think from what I know, that's the one that kind of launched his career. I think he also Peter. made Gallipoli. Yep. Wow. Keep going. What else? Well, they're the two. Get I a hat trick. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the two I can think of, Hattrick's pushing it. Yeah, yeah. No, the other ones are, um, yeah, not not Australian films. Like he moved mm -hmm. into the US and started making movies there. So he he made another one that you would have possibly heard of, Dead Poet Society. Oh, absolutely. I've seen I've seen that. Yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. yeah, he did that as well. Yep, directed it. Um, and he also made a kind of a, a smallish film that I don't think a lot of people know called Fearless. Um, but it's one of my other favourite films of all time, and it's it's on our list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I, oh, I used to haven't love heard that movie. of haven't heard of that one. No, it's it's not one that people know much about for some reason. I don't know why it didn't get big because you know it stars Jeff Bridges. He was a big actor at the time. He still is. It's an innocuous title. That's why it probably didn't get anywhere. Maybe. It's very appropriate to the movie, though. It's literally mm -hmm. about someone being fearless. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I really like Peter Weir. Like when I was looking through his filmography, I realized how mm -hmm. much I really like uh, the stuff that he's done. And the writer of this film is Andrew Nichol, who when I looked through his filmography, it was exactly the same thing. I like everything he's ever done, basically. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's made a bunch of um, really great films, written a bunch of really great films like Gadiger and uh, a whole bunch of others. And there's no duds. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. But he only makes a movie once every sort of three or four years, you know, so he obviously takes his time and, comes up with a good idea. They're all very different films. Some of them are sci-fi, some of them are drama, some of them are comedy, so, but all good. So mm -hmm. that's about uh, all I had in the intro. Well, you'll be revealing the subject matter if you go any further. I haven't got a clue at the moment. Answer me one question. Does it contain music that I'll know or the score? No, it's not so much. 
I don't think it's so much known songs. It's the score that won mm. the, the awards. Yeah, right. And it's 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 excellent. Like it's really sort of uh, great music. You know, I mean, I don't know if I'd put it up there with Dances with Wolves or something, but well, it, it did win mm-hmm. some awards. Not 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 the big ones. Not the Oscars. Or As anything. you know, I put Dances with Wolves right at the top. Yeah, that's that's an amazing mm. score. I mean, mm. it, it's it's impossible to beat, probably. But just reading through and and thinking about the movie, I can remember mm. the exact all the music. In my head, I can remember the tunes, and I've seen the movie maybe three or four times, but yeah. it is memorable. So at least I think you'll enjoy the musical uh, aspect of it. But yeah, it's not like a, a musical movie where there's a lot of people no, listening to the, no, to the songs or people singing. Yeah, mm. it's uh, it's nothing like that. So let's get into it. I think we might as well just uh, just watch it. I reckon. I don't want to wait. Do you? <laughs> I'm ready to watch it. All right, let's do it. Well, we just watched The Truman Show. We said we were going to get you to try and posit what you think I get out of that movie first, and then we'll get your thoughts on it as well. Um, What do you get out of that movie? It stumps me a little bit. It's a commentary on reality TV shows. Sure, and I hate those, so. A trend that. When it was made in 1998, I'd probably be about the height of Big Brother or something. And Survivor and those types of things, yeah. I think so, yeah. Ben Elton brought out a book around that time. Yeah, what was the book that he did? Uh, a couple of murders on a Big Brother set. It That's was right. a very good book. I yeah, enjoyed, I read that one. I enjoyed I it. What I, it was called. I enjoy all his books and deeply satirical look at reality TV. Thoughtful people could see that the trend at its uh, harmful side and probably worried about where it was going. Unfortunately, it's still going. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, when I first saw uh, Survivor, that was what alerted me to the fact it was actually fake. I had no idea. Like, I thought reality TV was yeah. real up until that point. Now, that I might have been <clears throat> slightly ahead of the curve, but I think pretty much everybody got to work that out eventually. But you'll still find people now who get caught up in the drama of this reality TV stuff. Well, you will, and it's insidious, and, and uh, you know, I'd, I'll, I'll, I've got a bit to say about that, but back to the point of what you said. So that subject matter um, would um, would be, you know, um, fit nicely with your worldview. The effects and things in it are done very cleverly. Yeah, not bad. I mean, they don't really hold up, but... Um, it's a fine balance, isn't it? Um, mm. Where we become aware that that thing's a big set and it's a fine balance between it being a perfect set where you can't see any faults and, mm. and depicting it in, in the movie. I think that's done very cleverly. It is. It yeah. creeps up on you. Looking back to nearly the opening scene, mm. I commented straight away on the streetscape Yes. Because it looked odd to me. That's right. And it's deliberate, obviously. Yeah. That's why this won yeah. awards for production design. So I tried to keep it mysterious, but I mistakenly left the description of the mm. movie on the screen while I took a piss before we watched it and you got to read it. That's right. And yeah. the synopsis is pretty much the whole movie, right? It's like a reality TV star is filmed against his will, basically. I think it's said Well, the 24-hour thing is is given away as well, which is... So annoying. <laughs> yeah, and and then the um, 
10,000 days or whatever it is comes up at the, yeah. the start. And well, that's pre- the thing. You, it, it, you, you pretty much work out straight away. Exactly. This guy's been in there, uh, been doing this all his life. You don't work out, you don't work out he's sort of a prisoner in it. No. At that point, but that becomes apparent fairly quickly. Well, I don't think from the synopsis you'd understand necessarily that he's that it's against his will, even though it specifically says that. Mm. I don't think you understand fully when you read that what that means, what the implications of that would be, yeah. and how it would look. So I think you're still experiencing it in the movie. So that that um, I thought that would all appeal to you, but I'm not obviously not uh, hit the mark there. Um, once I saw that synopsis, I thought, why didn't I go and see this movie? I don't know what the mm. answer to that is. So you think it's one that you would have had, had a look at? Had someone said to me, that's a good movie, go and see it, it's one I would have gone and seen. Sure. And being Peter Weir and a name that you recognise. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but, but simply recognising a producer wouldn't make me go and see a movie. It, it usually takes someone to say to me, that's a good movie, you'd enjoy it or something. Well, I think that's yeah. that, I think that's what makes the yeah. difference between someone who follows film and someone who's just a casual viewer. Yeah, I will. There are directors I will see every movie they make. I'm waiting for it to come out. I know yeah. about it yeah. a year or two before. That's right. I know what they're working on. This is my hobby. I care about these things. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I just because something's just because a lot of people are going to see something, and because it's clearly a hit movie that that in itself won't make me go and see it i need someone to probably personally tell me Mm. that it would appeal to me and even then i'm more likely to go and watch a movie that isn't so widely popular so i'm more likely to go and see something thinking you know it's something that's a bit above the average that no one's really you know that the wider audience hasn't really picked up something like that Mm. Who knows? I mean, that doesn't mean I've never gone to see a um, a hit movie. Uh, I'll never go to a movie simply because it's got a certain producer or director or even I can't. I don't think I would even because there's one or two actors I might go and see because uh, mm. they're Australian or something like that. Right, yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman you'd go and see Hugh in Jack- some things. But Hugh, not- I was never not going to go and see Greatest uh, Showman, the Greatest Showman yeah. which was a wonderful movie. I really enjoyed it. I haven't seen it yet. Fantastic uh, music. That's the one we should do the reverse podcast on. Yeah. Make me watch The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Mariella's been trying to get me to watch well, it. Well, it is great. a musical, though. Um, so? It doesn't yeah, matter. It's The music is superb. Anyway, we've, we've strayed on to why I go to the movies or don't, which is not greatly relevant. That movie is one that had someone told me about it on that theme, I would have certainly gone. And secondly, I think it's a bloody good movie. Oh, that's good to hear. Mm. So what do you think, what, what did you take take away from it then, if, um, other than a critique well, the, on reality TV? That's, well, that's, but, but a, that's that, a surface level thing. It's fairly, well, I mean, yes, it. but it's more than a critique on reality TV. It's the insidious damage that the reality TV cult does. It's the concept of real life as entertainment, Mm. a hugely flawed concept, which is at the heart of all forms of reality TV, although it's worse in some than others. For example, the singing and dancing shows were a rather less insidious form of reality TV. TV I get really than, angry when than, I try than, to watch than the Big Brother or the Survivor or the um, uh, that type of thing. You're probably right, so, but I but I like them less. 
for some reason, I really reject those. So it's a commentary on the vulnerability of the human persona. What about a commentary on how easy it is to manipulate well, that's what I was a human. trying to say. A, yeah. A comment on the vulnerability of the human persona to being manipulated and presented with a um, contrived or or alternate alternate reality. Mm. Uh, that's that is the disturbing part of it. Yeah. The possibility that that could be done is a disturbing thought. It is, of course, depicting a criminal act. So, basically, everyone who's in on that would be guilty of crimes. Well, that's the far-fetched. That's yes, what I mean. The premise correct. isn't so it is entirely far, believable. It is far-fetched, yeah. yes, because the law... Did that bother you? It, it didn't bother me, no, because it was affirming my views about the dangers and insidious nature of reality. There you go. That's TV. what I thought. That's hey, what I thought. Yeah. It's so... Isn't that interesting, though, that yeah. because it was trying to say something with its heart on its mm. sleeve that you already believed in... You were more willing to accept its premise. Well, it was very articulately making a point. Oh, it's very uh, cleverly done, very well written, very well directed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very articulately making a point that I mm. have may not have made quite so articulately myself, but I've thought many times. I've talked about it with people, of course. Yeah. But frankly, um, it can be pretty hard to get a serious discussion going about it because mm. um, a vast majority of the population partake in some form of reality TV. I don't even watch TV, let alone reality TV. But I do have one competition show that I watch, my my um, American Idol or whatever. Yeah. I watch the comedy version of that where comedians okay. compete. Right. So no, no. Well, this, the, as they I can say, still get me. The, the singing shows, um, I've watched them, but I usually only came in when they got down to the last 10 people and it got a bit serious as a yeah. competition but as i say i went off it after a couple of years yeah not something that lasted well do you think yeah. do you think this the singing competitions do you think they're to some extent scripted as well well there there is an exploitative oh there's definitely uh, an exploitative aspect, aspect to yeah. them because they toy with the human feelings and hopes and uh, emotions of uh, real people. No, well, they do that, but I think there's there's also a fake aspect to it. I think there's a, I, I think it's like maybe Big Brother, right, where they don't directly hire actors and write a script. Obviously, that's not what they're doing. But I think there's also a fine line where they kind of maybe want someone in particular to win, and they kind of nudge them in the direction. Maybe they coach them a little bit, you know, and say, here's mm. what here's what you're maybe if you did this for your next. Uh, performance, then we could say this. That part of it doesn't particularly worry me. But it's a lie. Don't you think all humans are offended when they're lied to? It might be a lie, but in uh, some of those shows, the most damage has been done to the winner. You know, pretty much had nervous breakdowns as a result. And not always instant, you know, some, some years down the track sometimes. But that's, that's yeah. all performers, not just ones that win on those shows. I mean... Possibly, you... but... If you have a look at all celebrity, they're all having nervous breakdowns and Possibly, getting hooked on yeah. drugs and whatever. I mean, I think what distinguishes the ones that come through reality TV is that sort of everyone's watching them close up as they as, as they fall apart. Yeah, as they go through that sort of yeah, yeah initial yeah. stage that 
normally that's, takes 15 years to get that's, through. It's part of the show. Yeah. Watching people crumble. Yeah. That's the, yeah. what's the, what's the word? Schauden, Frauden. What's that word? When you enjoy other people's suffering? Um, Scheuden, Frauden. I don't know how to say it. to get a German word, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Right. Okay. Very unsuccessfully, I'm trying to get a German word out. Not Scheisenhausen, anyway. No, that's not how it's said, for sure. <laughs> What's that? That's shithouse, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. right. Now we've got an adult rating. Thanks very much. <laughs> Remember we watched The Matrix, and I said to you that The Matrix and the, the red-blue pill scene, mm. especially, has become uh, a symbol to um, conspiracy theorists and people who call themselves part of the truth movement, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't like calling it conspiracy theory because it conjures up these things, but there's actually all sorts of pockets of conspiracy theory mm. um, that get put under one umbrella. But, the you know, people seeking truth mm. have used that film as uh, and that particular scene as a symbol of what they're talking about, of, of discovery, of awakening, of uh, enlightenment, you know, that kind of stuff. The Truman Show, I would say, is probably the second most used movie in that vein, showing an awakening uh, uh, or or breaking out of uh, the discovery of freedom or the you know the, the fight well, for freedom. On the other side of the coin, it shows what's possible mm. in terms of creating a massive illusion, which would thrill most of the conspiracy theorists. I would oh, have thought. Well. The conspiracy, yeah. well, that's why I want to make a distinction between different types of conspiracy theorists because the Flat Earthers yeah. use that movie a lot. Okay. There's, a, there's uh. a literal dome in that movie, so they love it. But um, I don't think Peter Weir was trying to say the Earth is flat. Well, I, went out, <laughs> I went out to dinner with some friends last weekend and um, the one they really wanted to push with us was Jeffrey Epstein is oh, alive. Yeah. Oh, is alive. Is alive. That's the extreme and version of that conspiracy. Is alive theory. and living with Prince Andrew in you know somewhere in Britain, and was an Israeli spy or something. Was was uh, someone else's? Theory. He was Mossad. That's it, true. There might be. I believe that yeah. something in that. I thought it was rubbish when I heard it at the weekend, and then I see him in that movie. <laughs> I saw Jeffrey Epstein on the street in that movie. Did I, you really? I didn't know. I did. Yes. No, I did. <laughs> All right. Well, so now I have go. to go through and look at every single frame. Thanks a lot. Right. That's, yeah. That's my weekend gone. <laughs> <laughs> he was walking along just behind Elvis. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I saw him. Yeah. I saw Elvis anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I know where to look now, at least. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I'm I'm all about um Jeffrey Epstein may have been murdered, but the fact the idea that he's not dead is a bit uh, hard to swallow, isn't it? Yeah, well. Uh, hard anything to, hard is to swallow possible, indeed. <laughs> The actual question I asked straight away when this was seriously put to me was, well, who signed the death certificate? <laughs> right. And, and they said, oh, well, you know. They own the coroner. Yeah, that's right. When you've got they? that sort of money, you don't need to worry <laughs> no. about death certificates. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Then any conspiracy yeah. theory can be true if you just yeah. start using logic like that. I only say that too. Um, yeah, conspiracy theories are, um, since the um, dawn of the internet, have become far more dissipated and believed and mm. and uh, that movie would reinforce a lot of people's opinion that anything is possible, I suppose. Yeah, but then watching it again, it's obviously allegorical for a lot of conspiratorial ideas, right? It's the same as The Matrix, right? You could say, yeah. okay, it's just a story about some people in virtual reality. Or you could say it's an allegory for how the world around us 
is manipulated by the elites or whatever. Or it's both. You know, or whatever. That's right. Or could, yeah. they could literally have put us in in mm. virtual reality, right? You could say the same thing about um, about Truman Show. However, I think in the Matrix, there's a lot more to support the idea that it's a it's a specific allegory because there's so much allegorical stuff mm. in it. Whereas this one, I think it's meant to be taken as as an allegory, but not for uh, an external manipulation of well, the world. I certainly didn't take it that way, and I didn't watch it that way. Um, you, you certainly can, and what, it works. What we're talking about now is, is it didn't enter my head watching that. So here's what I think about all blockbusters, mm. right? I think I mentioned this on another uh-huh. one, but if I haven't, it may have been something else. So I'll say it again. The thing that we enjoy watching, this mass audience, the, and it's not necessarily you, but I mean, just in general, what makes The thing that makes something popular. popular. Mm-hmm. The one thread that I can see that goes through every blockbuster that's a hit is seeing a character have the freedom to do something that you can't, where you feel restricted, right? So it can be a movie about a robot who goes around shooting people. It can be a movie about Superman flying. I mean, comic book movies, all of a sudden, everyone's a superhero in every movie. Mm. It's ridiculous, right? Why is this so popular? It's not just because... But what about straight love stories and the like? They don't have that element. Of course they do. You get the girl that you can't get. Really? Get the true love that you can't get in your, you know, mundane everyday marriage or whatever. There's, yeah, the, the love stories are a hundred percent about that. It's about seeing the ideal oh, relationship I, I, I on the screen. Wouldn't have interpreted it that way. I, well, I, why do you enjoy a love story? Well, because you can have a good blub. Yeah, but what is what is it that makes you cry? Well, it's either happy. that's an emotional reaction to something. Yes, it's it's exactly it's an emotional reaction I'm by the, seeing. Happy love on scene, or a sad scene, or a yeah, or a. Um, but real love passion. in real life is often not quite as uh, simple and pure as what you see on the screen. It's not as easy as just oh. chasing some chick to the airport. Love stories aren't all simple. <laughs> no, they in fact they they rely on having a complication. That's one of the bits of the formula. <laughs> anyway, I think I think you can argue that love stories do that, and most blockbusters do it. And this movie is yeah. literally about a guy who's imprisoned, breaking out of his prison and attaining freedom, even though he knows that it's possibly at great cost, you know, that he's going out to a world where there's danger and he doesn't know what he's going to get. Well, I'll tell you what, if he goes out into the world and dresses like that, he's going to be uh, treated as a... His gardening clothes? Rather... I thought uh, they were awesome. As a rather oddball creature. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't know. That's fashion in the dome. Yes, That's the problem I, with the dome, isn't it? There's no I'll fashion. I'll tell you what, they certainly did some work in the wardrobe. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, um, yeah. it's pretty amazing how they managed to make the whole world look yeah. artificial. But also, well, for me anyway, it keeps you relating to the characters, despite the fact that even the acting is quite sort of over the top. You know, the Jim Carrey Well, it stuff. is. They're basically acting to be, uh, they're acting as actors. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. 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 And you see them in a few sort of natural moments when, yeah. when they're genuinely scared or running around or yeah. whatever. That scene where he's um, terrifying his wife and oh yeah that's good isn't it she flicks back into um promotional mode to put the coffee brand or whatever it is up on the screen (laughs) Uh, she doesn't know what to do it's that's um that's something 
That's a really good scene. I mean, mm. that's I guess what's so good about that movie, somehow the premise just sets up all of these thematic ideas. You know, that one scene is is essentially a scene of domestic violence or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, like it's a parallel of that. Well, it's a, it's a man driven to violence, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But it's probably like uh, some domestic violence situations where the guy is scaring his wife, but he doesn't necessarily, he thinks right, he he's acting fine. He, he doesn't, doesn't realise why. Yeah, no. yeah, he probably doesn't know. He's, he's probably annoyed by her reaction losing or something. his shit, yeah. Exactly. Mm, that was a highlight. I thought mm. the, the little... Um, cameos of the bloke in the bath um i giggled at them the first couple of times mm. i thought i thought he uh, he came up a few times too often mm. uh, yeah i think it's it, 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 five or six um, times probably he gets yeah, cut to yeah he's it's the he's same joke incredibly ugly man which is um you know great, i know but uh great talent to him to do that He's, he's uh, an amazing superhero though because he can sit in a bathtub for that long well, without getting wrinkly thing. skin you know like he's still it's amazing. He still had his uh, his um, carpet on the chest and all that. Uh, nothing dropped That's off right. or wore I'd, out. Or I'd literally look like he's, a, he's, a white he's sponge. St he still looked like he had olive coloured skin <laughs> yeah, right. when it should have been surely going a bit paler. But that's anyway, right. um, yeah, I don't know why anyone would sit in the bath. Um, <laughs> whether whether they're trying to say it was so riveting that that you couldn't even get out of the bath. You want to know something? <laughs> I have taken my phone into the shower and watched YouTube videos while showering. Right. Which is essentially what he's doing. I mean, I I don't I can't really bathe because I'm a bit too big oh. to actually, you know, be in the bath with actual water. I find that quite upsetting. Yeah. I bet you disturbing, do. <laughs> actually. Yeah. But watching TV is what he was doing in the yeah. bath. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't watch TV, but YouTube's my jam. Well, people sit in the spa and watch TV, but the difference with them is they come out with paler skin. He, he yeah, yeah. He, he, he was in there for for days, several days at least. I don't know how long that movie spans. But yeah, there's days in it. He sleeps a few times. Yeah, and all the all the people at the um, in the hotels and bars and things, you know, like they're in the same. At the same position for yeah, that's hours right. and hours and hours on end. Oh dear. You know, one of my favorite bits, and it's it's possibly not a standout, but I loved the bit, especially this time around, but um, oh, I always have, where the bus driver can't start the bus, right. and then he's just going to walk out, and Truman stays behind. Yeah, yeah. And was... he just comes up and he goes, I'm sorry, kid. I, I know, that was very good. It's really yeah. touching for some reason. <laughs> you, you see Truman up the back, and he, he just looks like was, a little kid. And... It wasn't that he couldn't start the bus. He deliberately... No, he, it was Stuffed double meaning. Yeah. Bus. yeah, he deliberately. Well, I don't know. I think it was both. I, no, I, I was no, thinking no. about that whether I'm or not you're supposed no, to be able no. to read it that way. No, I, I, I definitely took it that he had um, jammed the motor of the bus or something. Or the I think it was both because you see later gears. on the actors can't run the boat or well, then do he, anything. <laughs> that's right. He's a bus driver. He couldn't run the boat. And there's there's a moment, and I, you know, we can watch <laughs> the scene again if you like, because I, I probably could never watch it enough times. But there's a moment uh, mm. just after the bus, they, they show the shot of the bus with the smoke coming out of it. Yeah. And he sighs relief. And I think it's because he just screwed up and he goes, oh, that's going to solve my problem. But that's just how I read yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's mm. not important to the movie, but I, I love the idea that he's just, anyway, he just the feels empathy, bad. Anyway, the empathy for, for Jim Carrey was, um, for Truman was, was a nice little touch. 
And Christoph as a villain as well is is quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Christoph's as a villain you understand, but you just want him to lose. Well, he's a sadistic person. Yeah, mm. yeah, possibly, but also in a mm. way he loved Truman and and he had a oh, connection and I, yeah, you know, I think he believed some of the platitudes that he was spouting about. Uh, I think he forfeited the right building to. a safe world for him and all that stuff, and that's where it becomes conspiratorial because I think. If we have elites in in the world, right, who who are kind of guide the guiding hand of where mm. politics goes and where technology goes, and uh, you know, by funding research and whatever they do, right? Mm. If that actually happens, I bet they think that they're building a good world for everybody. I don't mm. think that they think that they're, you know, maniacally, gleefully controlling the world because they just love power and they're you know sitting there stroking their kittens and giggling and shit like a you know like a a villain in a movie i think most people think they're good people regardless of the possible negative effect they might be having on others you, you know if you were born into money and i'll probably never know i mean it's a bit late for me to be born into money now well we would we're okay not exactly you know we're not soros material or anything we can afford these microphones that's pretty good i'm happy with that mm. But if I was born into money, I can very much imagine feeling some sort of obligation to use that fortune to do positive things in the world. I don't think you can actually scratch yourself if you're complete, if you're really rich and powerful without it having some kind of a ripple effect on the world, right? Because everything that you do gets magnified by your wealth and power. Just yeah, go to a meeting and say a few words. Possibly, possibly um, some element of truth in that, but... Um it's a stretch to take it out of that movie. Not for me. I reckon it's right there. I really yeah. do. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Peter Weir didn't say it was in there or didn't, didn't intend it. But well, I think Christoph is an evil character. Um, for sure, yeah. No doubt. But not, a, not necessarily a character that believes himself because, to be evil. Because it's a simple rational proposition. You'd have to be evil to, to make a living like that. Yeah, but not evil. Um, evil in in his effect, not his intent necessarily. Well, his intents um, um, shared by a whole lot of other uh, people, yeah. but isn't that what happens at the end? That the greater extent of his evilness, if you like, is is um, exceeds yeah. anyone else yeah. involved oh, when, it, when push comes to shove. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I mean, his yeah. He basically is shown as someone who's willing to kill Truman to well, keep the show going. Yeah, certainly to, to risk it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, he puts him in such a situation that it's hard to believe he actually um, did survive it. Well, it's only because of that magical self-uprighting boat that he has. Well, that's right. Everyone's holding their breath, including us watching. Yeah. Um because they're not sure if he is alive or dead there for a minute. So, mm. so he definitely pushed it to the point where he could have killed him. And in the end, you, did you feel emotion? No. No, mm. not, not uh, in relation to whether he lived or died, if that's what you no, mean. No, more, more him gaining his freedom. No, not particularly. No? Uh, no, I don't think. Well, in the, in the way that you hope the good guy gets an even break, I... I might have felt a little bit uh, of emotion, but um, no, it was more wanting Christoph to lose. Oh yeah, I, I get that yeah. too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
but how do you feel emotion about a character like Truman, who is effectively the product of unreality? <laughs> so, um, well, he's a real person. He's a real person, but he's been manipulated in such a way as that made it hard for me to actually feel directly sorry for him or barracking for him to do anything other than stop this evil contrivance and break out of it. With him as a character, I felt his frustration and I felt the torment and and confusion that he must have felt and must have been driving him literally mad. I felt all that emotion, but I didn't, I don't think I developed an empathy for him in the sense because I don't know what the hell he'll be like five minutes after getting out of there. Neither do I. No, neither does he. And um, he didn't yeah, either. That's no, that's what makes yeah. it powerful for me that that he chose yeah. the unknown over the known safety that mm. he he had known his whole life. Well, that's that's the, the safety had with... become a torture though. That's the trouble. Yeah, because right. of the girl. Because yeah, which girl. which is yeah. which to someone like me yeah. is how I felt my entire life. Yeah, in not a specific sense but a more allegorical mm. sense i feel like my entire life has been constrained and i've tried to make choices and none of them have been the things that have actually happened have never felt within my power at all and to me the metaphor of him breaking out of the dome is somehow getting control over your life despite what the consequences of that might be actually being allowed and you know this is you know we i don't want to get into politics but this is where I, you know, when I say, obviously a little provocatively that I'm an anarchist, this is why I believe in anarchy, because I think people should be self-governing and should be able to be sovereign entities who make their own decisions within very limited constraints of obviously mm. not damaging others or interfering with well, others' will. That's right. And so that many people feel they are. That's right. I think yeah. I think you have felt mm. in control of your life most of the time, right? So absolutely. So that's probably the difference between us. We have we have that opportunity. We live in a in a free world. It's it's crazy to complain mm. about the lot that mm. I've been given. I get that. It's yeah. it's very weird and entitled. Mm. And, you know, we were talking about my job before, and you know, um, I was complaining, and I know I've got a great job. I know I do. Mm. You know, it's ridiculous. Again, it's it's not like I'm. I'm trying to think of a bad job, but I, I don't want to no. say one without offending the person who does that job. You know what I mean? But anything, anything else that people find well, a, a job that they don't like. Try slavery. Yeah, mm. well, slavery. But I believe this is just the same as slavery. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, all he has done in that movie is break out of an artificial prison, a world that is not real. But all he's achieving by stepping out of that world is the opportunity, at, to use a cliche, a normal life, and the movie doesn't even touch on how he's likely to go at that. It does imply he's going to hook up with, uh, with oh, the, the girl. She it, runs off. It, it, it absolutely makes it clear that, that the girl's going to find him. Yeah. 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 If there was a sequel, yeah. that would be the first scene. Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine he'd become a pin-up boy of the movement to uh, ban reality TV and imprisoning people in those sort of circumstances. Whatever like, movement she was a part of, well, which was implied that, you know, he, he no, would have joined that, I'm sure. a couple of posters on the wall and things yeah, that yeah. made it clear that 
there was obviously some movement that, that was that against That was her it. role. I wasn't at all sure how she got into the library. I couldn't work that out. Yeah, but, um, it's not shown. I think it's just, yeah. obviously there's been people infiltrate. They showed that bit yeah. where people drop yeah. in and stuff. So That was a nice touch. Uh, that was great, talk, that scene. Talking at cameos where the, they showed the guy who had effectively streaked on the set of yeah. uh, <laughs> Truman Show. He jumps out of a box <laughs> yeah. at Christmas time or something. <laughs> with a, brilliant. With a Santa hat on, that was very funny. If there was a um, Truman Show, I, you yeah. know, I shamefully must admit I might be inclined to actually <laughs> check it out occasionally. Well, I'd probably yeah. just watch the highlights on YouTube clips or something, you know, like I wouldn't watch it live. Uh, I'd but... probably watch five to ten minutes of Big Brother out of sheer curiosity as mm. to what people were talking about long enough to understand what it looked like and then I'd never watch another second. Big Brother's pretty boring. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't know. I, yeah. I, as I say, everyone was talking about it in the early days. So when, when Truman breaks out and it's all televised, mm. And he defies Christoph, the voice of God, you know, metaphorically. And all of the people watching the show are cheering, but none of them did anything. All they did was give their attention to the show and their support, which oh. is which is financially what kept it going. Beautifully captured right at the end Such there. Such hypocrisy. Where the two security guards, um, is there anything on the other channel? Yeah, that's yeah. right, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's a great ending, but it's also... It really, and deliberately probably, it undermines the emotional moment if you were having one, which I was. Yeah, see, but I that it didn't under, yeah. I wasn't feeling that emotion with any great intensity. And that's not a criticism of Jim Carrey's role either. No, no, no. no I think it's it's yeah. how much you resonate because with what he's, he's going through and, and how you can, he does if you can relate job. it to your life, mm. it becomes you're watching someone do something that you wish desperately you could do metaphorically or allegorically or whatever you want to mm. say. But um, yeah, at the same time, uh, if you weren't connecting in that way, then it's just the hero winning against the villain essentially, mm. which is um, a little too trite and cliche to be something you would well up over unless you well up easily. Mm. Um, if it was a sporting event, you might. Well, I well up. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. I, I do well up easily. Mm. Uh, but I never at any stage in that movie uh, felt that sort of emotion. Mm. I do. It chokes me up. Mm. You've tried to explain before that you have some personal, you identify with it mm. at a personal level. Well, it's not something I would identify with. I've never, no. I've never felt trapped in an alternate reality in my life. No, not necessarily no. an alternative uh, reality or an alternate reality, no. more um, um, I've never a manipulated reality. never felt in a manipulated uh, situation like that. I've been manipulated, no doubt. Everyone has its part and parcel of life. We're manipulated when we turn on the TV. Well, I was just going to say that. Go on Facebook. We are, we are 100% manipulated mm. all the mm. time, at least by advertising something uh, that's in a world that you understand really well. Advertising is designed to manipulate you, right? Of course to it is. Yeah. Wanting things you don't really want and to buying things that won't actually yeah. make you happy but you think will. But I've always had little trouble resisting all that. I mean, I... Why do you think that is? I'm able to be manipulated like anyone else. If you try and sell me a dozen bottles of wine at the right point in time, just when I need them, yeah, I can be manipulated. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm aware of it happening. Me too. I, I, I must have gotten that from you. Yeah. But why do you think that is? Because sometimes I let it happen, most times I don't. 
what quality do you think it is that you have that allows that? In 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 journalism, we used to say we were trained observers, and effectively we were. I think you become pretty um, pretty good at um, seeing how the world works. Yeah. So it's a, in a sense, it's a, a cynicism, or a, um... I was certainly wouldn't have had that sort of insight as a young uh, person. I was quite naive, uh, but I developed it very quickly when I started working in journalism. But but see, I. I take it way further than you do. Like I, I've never bought into anything that anyone's ever told me was the right thing. Mm. Like almost literally everything that I've ever been told since I was a little kid. You know this. You know when well, trying to parent me, it must have been frustrating. I was going to say it's frustrating for a father to have yeah. a son who uh, re- refuses to take anything you say uh, as gospel. Yeah, that's right. Mm. On faith. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean gospel in the. Colloquial sense, not but in it would be faith. Religious if, sense. If if you accept someone else's word, without investigating yourself, that's literal faith, isn't it? That's accepting it on faith. So in that it's, sense, it's, no, isn't not, that what faith is? I mean, not religious faith. Not necessarily. Religious. There's all sorts of things that you can't personally investigate. Obviously, uh, I don't believe that either. Scientific things. Well, no, I do. You 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 can't have a level of expertise about everything, you've, you've got it to some extent. You could call it faith, but I would just call it trust more than faith. Yeah, I don't make much of a distinction. You, you, have, to, yeah. you have to have some level of trust in, in what other people tell you until they give you a reason uh, not to. But, I mean, we never pushed uh, anything much on you. We certainly didn't. No, 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 I'm not saying we, you did. We certainly... Um, you know, had had religion in the family, but we never never insisted uh, on you doing anything um, beyond uh, going to family occasions and things. No, that's right. No, no, yeah. I, I'm certainly not uh, not suggesting yeah. that anything was pushed on me uh, no. at all. But I would have resisted even simple stuff, even logical stuff. Yeah, because well, it was as just, I say, it's that's, just always been in my nature. It's a weird thing. It's frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating for everybody. <laughs> it's frustrating because it's it's very tiring and time-consuming. Yeah, it having, is <laughs> having it to is. argue. You know that uh, the most simple things actually exist. Try being the person mm. who has to actually do what mm. you said is impossible, which is investigate every single important mm. thing mm. independently and try and find a way to satisfy yourself of the truth or falsity of it it's, well, it's um, exhausting unfortunately the um, internet should have made those things easier but it's no. actually, it's actually just full of lies no, man. i don't even know it's full of lies and deceit so i can't even find out what mm. to eat to lose weight anymore and that no. used to be an easy question yeah anyway we're a fair way off the track kind of uh, yeah. it's been interesting though we probably yeah. should wind it up i think it's time you asked me to write this movie all right rate the movie dad let's hear it i want to know i want to know what you give it out oh, of 10 i'm going to rate it i'm trying to think uh, what the highest i've given is i think it might be 8 yeah i think i'll stick with 8 i don't think i'll go beyond 8 so i'll say 8 but it's uh, it's an 8 nudging up would you say it's probably even though it might not tip the scales to a nine, it's probably your favourite that we've watched so far. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it probably is. It certainly ticked every box in terms of subject matter that, that aligns with my, my, my thoughts and views, the quality of the production and the acting and um, 
music? It was a, the music was really nice. Mm. And if I got emotion out of anything in the movie, it, it certainly the, the music. And it was a riveting storyline. I mean, you were um, absolutely engaged with the story from start to finish. Uh, no, no distractions at all. Well, I'm wrapped that we got one that yeah. um, so that you enjoyed. No, it's yeah. it's my idea of a good movie, basically. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we watched that one. We'll go back to something really uh, depressing and, uh, and oh, right. stressful okay. next, next time. So thanks for watching it with me. I'm glad okay. you like The Truman Show, and uh, I'm going to do my best to find one that's not too easy, but yeah. easy enough that you're probably going to like it. We'll, we'll see how I go. Look forward to it. Righto. Cheers, okay. Dad. Thank you.